Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki master teacher, medium, and author of my newest book in the trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares the spirit of divinity that lives within each of us that yearns to know itself as love and infinite possibilities, seeking to champion the challenges of modern-day life. Whether in body or pure energy, the soul is the complete oneness of spirit's intelligence and through many lifetimes seeking higher consciousness. Knowing this is the blueprint for healing, I am most delighted to welcome Dr. Rita Luis, author of her new book, The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and Narcissist. It is an in-depth look at the dynamics between the loving, compassionate, and often selfless empaths and those willing to take from them those self-serving narcissists and also endeavors to uncover the unconscious patterns that keep them trapped in cycles of abusive, often toxic relationships. Dr. Louise, I am most delighted to welcome you to Healing From Within, and also as an intuitive energy practitioner like you, we will share many stories of miracles today. I'm sure we will. Um, It seems like we have both traveled uh, down some similar paths in in our lives, which always makes me feel good talking to a kindred spirit. Absolutely. Rita, as listeners of Healing From Within are well aware, my guests and I share intimate stories and insights into the metaphysical world beyond only thinking of our physical life because we want to fully understand who we are, where we come from, and the many realities of life as a spiritual being exploring this world and trying to refine and uh, restore our energy or energetic content to reach higher levels of consciousness. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Rita Louise, a survivor of childhood abuse, has emerged as a gifted empath and talented clairvoyant medical intuitive. She is a naturopathic physician and the founder of the Institute of Applied Energetics that trains students in the art of medical intuition, intuitive counseling, and energy medicine. She has lectured on health and healing, ghosts, intuition, ancient mysteries, and the paranormal. Today we will discuss matters relating to all these topics. Rita, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, a place, an event, or a value that they may have held or thought important that may have shown you or others around you the lifestyle you would embrace and seek as an adult. For I believe we are born with a soul plan, a destiny, and sometimes it becomes clear early on. So think back. Well, I mean, I feel like I have really been on the same path since I was a little, little, little kid. Um, when I was really young, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Uh, and then by the time I was 12 or 13, I wanted to become a psychic after, and I'm sure this name will resonate with you, after watching the amazing Kreskin on TV because I was fascinated by him. 
And, I mean, I, I do intuitive work, so check on that box. And, um, you know, I've done, I've written two books and uh, produced several videos, uh, feature-length videos that really delve into ancient mysteries and archaeology and ancient aliens and that whole genre. So I got to express that interest in everything ancient. And after that, not really a whole lot motivates me. <laughs> yeah, but that but that motivates you, right? All that's all that interesting stuff that can't be seen but can be felt and uh you know, you can't prove to someone things exist if they don't wish to go down that path. And some things can't be seen, but they're real nonetheless. Now, I was a very sensitive child. I wasn't aware I was an intuitive, a medium, but I was always following thoughts that popped into my head that seemed rather creative and good. And I would always follow it, but I always thought it was because I had a good education and I, you know, I was a dutiful child to my parents and... I never realized I was always being guided and helped to follow my path until maybe 25 years ago. So so I was using the gifts to help people because I always wanted to do that from the time I was little also. And in my new book, I also mention many people that I've interviewed who, who discuss other life forms and other ways of understanding energy and the universe. So... Uh, I'm very comfortable with all of it now because I understand it. But as a child, I didn't, and I had no one to help me find my way. But maybe that's how it was supposed to be because it had to happen in the right time, in the right way. So for our listeners out there, you're all getting messages and guidance from higher universal vibrational beings and loved ones and guides and souls and and uh, angels, whatever you call, whatever you think of that exists beyond this physical world. So just just pay attention, right? And listen. Right. You know, one of the things, you know, since we're sharing personal stories, um, you know, so I've always, <laughs> I've always had those people that talk in my head. I call them the peanut gallery. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people are like, well, what are their names? It's like, I don't need to know. They're I don't the know them gallery. either. <laughs> and and we're good. We have a good relationship. They are, and now with my new understanding, I call them the best backseat psychics in the world. Because if you ask them a question, they don't say anything. But if you're talking to someone about like, oh, well, I, you know, this is what I see going on, they're always like interjecting their commentary, and they're very funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, they all would sit there and be like, well, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't do that. Well, and they would tell me stuff, and I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't listen. And what I've learned <laughs> through my experience, and I think people will relate to this, is that the universe would come and kick my butt. <laughs> you had a difficult challenge if you didn't listen, right? Because they were trying oh, to direct God. you on the... You See, I didn't have that too much. Because even well, though I didn't like know I was listening, I didn't know I was listening and being guided. But I used to have a thought and say, well, I can do this. I like this. I'm going to do this. And I always did it. 
I was a- always able to have my intentions realized. I guess I was manifesting, but I wasn't realizing. I was doing it till oh, so many years later. So many interviews, so many books, so many <laughs> readings for people, so many visions, and and it's wonderful because the truth of who we are as eternal spiritual beings is a gift to know in this lifetime and to all the people out there who discover it, whenever you discover it, it will be the pathway to peace and greater love and losing the fear that was instilled in us as children. Uh, Unfortunately, that's how a physical life is. But let's go on to your previous books have been about health and healing and ghosts and ancient mysteries and tell us tell us something about what myths and legends say about human origin for that may show us why you decided to write a book about healing dysfunctional relationships so tell us something about that i think they coexist well i mean it's a huge topic and kind of is in a very different genre but i'll throw this out so one of the things that, okay, so I I like saying the gods, you know, so whoever those people are, um, they present in myth as actually having physical bodies, at least at some point in time. Yes. Um, they have these magical weapons where if you're God, like we think of, you know, like God in heaven, the white hair thing. He doesn't need weapons. He doesn't need, like, flying chariots. God mm-hmm. just don't need that kind of stuff because it's God. Um, and that's not really what we find in myth. And so if you go through this whole thing of mythology, what we learn, especially about human origin, is that we were created by God. Now, you can use whatever definition you want to put there. And then basically, in order to make humans be human, you know, and I hate saying this, but this really is kind of the truth. It's like we were taught, we were educated, we were programmed with this is society and this is what the expectations of society are. So as an example, we get a new dog and we bring the dog, a puppy, and we bring the puppy into the house And so we, as the god of the house, have this expectation that the puppy doesn't pee or poo in the house and they learn to go outside. And so imagine we are these very early, you know, hominids that the gods decide to educate. And so they're working with us. You know, they're getting us to wear kind of clothes and teaching us values and teaching us how to interact as a society and as a cultural group versus just being like a monkey or an ape. And so that's really what it teaches us. But in the in turn we take on that programming. So kind of uh, moving kind of into the book a little bit, you know, who are the primary teachers? It's not the gods anymore. It's our parents. It's our teachers, you know, in in our early years. And so 
if you come from a not good household, from a dysfunctional household, from a household of abuse or, uh, you know, drug addiction. Well, Rita, 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 let me just Um, interject here one minute. I think most families are dysfunctional in one way or another. And all children carry the traumas and wounds of being made to feel a little less than they are as magnificent soul beings capable of mm-hmm. so much. So you, you also talk about we are filled with this life energy called chi, and uh, it exists around us and within us, and if deprived from this animating force, we would cease to exist. You also discuss um, the auric field and the bodies, we're uh, composed of a series of subtle bodies uh, that are relating energy about the universe and our physical life here and how important it is uh, to be firmly planted in our bodies so we can feel whole and confident and powerful and secure and unfortunately what you're talking about the socialization process and the mistakes that happen in childhood disconnect us somewhat from this and it takes usually a lifetime to gather back the pieces of our soul that have been taken away through these childhood experiences so go on with what you were saying you mentioned, and, and I agree with everything you just said. You know, when we have these life experiences, <clears throat> early life experiences, um, they do take a piece of our soul. You know, some people it takes your entire soul or yes. pretty close, and and in other people it's just a snippet here or a snippet there or an insecurity here or a what if over there. Um, but it becomes part of who we are. And so if we're brought up, and I'll bring up the life force idea. So if we're brought up in a very loving, nurturing household, you know, but where there's a balance going on, not that we're given everything that we want because that creates issues of its own, but where the child is taught to compromise and be responsible and there's a give and take of energy and a balance and dynamic that happens, the child grows up very secure, but it doesn't take, it doesn't diminish their inner light. And so they're able to live life more to its fullest because they're not having to try to fix or yeah. compensate for the little pieces of life that were taken away from them. Yes, that's true. Now let's go on to some people. Because your book talks about relationships, and I want to get to a relationship that you had where you realized something very important, and for our listeners to to be aware of this. So some people seem to find true love right off the bat, but there are a lot, a whole group of people who seem to attract the wrong people, the rotten eggs at the bottom of the barrel, and and, uh, why do some people repeatedly find themselves getting into these unhealthy relationships and you tell the story well you may want to tell this story um of december of 2018 the okay. week the week before christmas yeah always a perfect time of the year because you know gifts keep giving sometimes yes so um all right so i've been involved in a not a number of not healthy relationships and um, 
And so, and, and I recognize that, you know, that it just wasn't good for me, you know, but I, there was, but I, it never really registered, you know, and so at the current time, I was in a relationship with a gentleman who, you know, either I couldn't tell whether he was a complete narcissist or if he was an alcoholic or if he was a narcissist and used the alcohol to cover over his complete and utter narcissism. Couldn't tell. They usually you know, go together. They usually go together. And a narcissist personality disorder, that kind of person has a lot of demons. And there's really no, no way to help them. And they do a lot of damage to the people around them, whether it's in business or in a relationship or family. So, yeah, exactly. it's very sad. But go on, go on. And, um, and so um, I was just done with the drinking, you know, because it wasn't just he would just, like, drink around me. There would be, like, a bottle of booze in the car. Or there'd be a bottle of booze in the garage. And so it was always this sneaking drinking. Um, you know, so there's a whole backstory. But he, you know, I basically told him, you know, the drinking needs to stop. If the drinking can't stop, you got to go. Because I was done. Well, that was great and, um, that you were able to do that. And so um, I go and, I don't know, I was talking to him and he had a jacket on. And he put his hand in his pocket and this, like, half pint of uh, Everclear sticks out. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? And he goes, oh, well, I got it for us. <laughs> I'm like, right, it's in your pocket. You got it for us and it's half gone. Anyway... So I was just done, and I kicked him out. So fast forward a week or so, because one, if you're a narcissist, it's like you don't deal with your own stuff. Right. And I knew that if I, um, you know, that if I waited for him to come get his stuff, one, it would keep lines of communication open with him, and two, it could be for freaking ever. And so I'm a pretty motivated person, and I decided that the mountain was going to go to Muhammad because Muhammad's stuff couldn't stay here any longer. And I got a friend with a truck, and we loaded his stuff into the truck and drove it to his house. So I decided that, and this was like a two-hour drive to get rid of this stuff, so I decided that I didn't want to go. You know, that I just needed to, you know, get him there, get my friend there, keep him company for the ride, give him gas money, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I had him drop me off at a restaurant, and I got a cup of coffee. Well, while I'm sitting at the restaurant, I get a phone call from my ex-husband, who reminded me a lot of this guy that I just got rid of, his current wife. And she wanted to talk to me, which was really bizarre. But anyway, so I ended up talking to her, and the first thing out of her mouth was, he's a narcissist. And I had just started doing research on that topic, so it was kind of fresh. You know how the universe just works how it does? Yes. Um, to teach you, so you could learn, because you were into, it, there were two experiences you had that were the same. Because if you don't correct what's bothering you from your own childhood... You're going to attract the same type of individual. And that's what I say to people who come to me for sessions. Sometimes they want to know if they're getting rid of their husband and they're going to get 
another better one. I said, well, the thing you need to do is find the most joy within yourself, develop yourself, and create a new reality for yourself, and you will bring a person of equal caliber and quality to you. So you have to work on yourself first. But, yeah, exactly. so you you, know, you learned that, that was a wonderful call that you received. That phone call lets you put oh. it all together. Well, I mean, it just put me aback, you know, yeah. and it made me go, okay, so I think this guy's a narcissist. Now, she's saying that my ex was a narcissist. And I, it made me just start and look at the pattern of my life. And yes. Like, so then I was kind of like, holy crap, there's kind of been a lot of them. You know, whether it's a romantic relationship or people who are close friends. Right. Who I allowed stay in my life that were narcissists. That took me back to my family well, of origin. Well, you know what it is also, Rita. As empaths, uh, we want to help people. We feel their pain, and we think we can help them change. We, we're very, we're very open to to taking more risks than other people will take because we're hoping uh, to accomplish something wonderful for them. And it can't be done because change has to come from within the person. But we are so good-natured, and you write this in the book. But let's go on to. Let's get to childhood abuse. How can you tell if childhood abuse has set you up to view the world as a troublesome place and to have these kind of relationships? And what exactly is abuse? And let's get some telltime signs of abuse. So let's start with what is the definition of abuse? So abuse is when there is there are things that are happening to you that you know are hurtful or are painful to you, you know, so, I mean, obviously, most people recognize uh, physical abuse as abuse. Uh, they also recognize um, sexual abuse as abuse, but many times they're, they don't recognize subtler forms of abuse, you know, like emotional abuse where you're constantly put down for who you are and what you do. Um, or verbal abuse where, you know, you have a parent or whatever that is screaming at you all the time and, and yelling at you. Um, you know, if your parent was very controlling over you and your life, then that is often experienced as abuse. Um, and then the other one that I'm going to throw in here just for brevity is if you were neglected, you know, so if you basically had to find your way through life pretty much by yourself, and so I'm not saying, like, your parents didn't give you, you know, food to eat, clothes to wear, a place to live, although in some situations that is the case, but they might not have given you anything else. They might not have made you feel like you were important or you had any value to them. Which just teaches you. Well, oh, I don't have any value. Yeah, I think I, I, you, you, of course, I think it's because they had their own problems that mm -hmm. they weren't able to overcome. And let's face it, not everybody is meant to be a parent either. I think they should have testing, you know, so we can decide which people would be good at it. And some people really maybe shouldn't have children. 
But that's something. Well, you know, that's a very un- that's a very unpopular thing to say to somebody during a reading. Oh no, I I've never I, done that. I I've never. I'm just discussing this for people. I would <laughs> never say anything. I have. I get only positive uh, messages for my people. Loving positive. I would never. But I'm saying, you know, they teach you so much in, or so little in school. Let's get back to what they're teaching in schools these days. Mm-hmm. But but. You need to be taught how to understand relationships and how to improve relationships and how to parent and, and how to be self-sacrificing um, in a way and not only always want your way as the only way. These things can be sort of shown to people, and if people choose right. to embrace them, they can improve their lives. Right. You know, but if you think that your job as a parent is to run everything and control everything, then maybe you should consider not having children. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I was an elementary yeah. school teacher, and I see it all the time. I see so many controlling. They call them helicopter parents right now. They just are destroying these children. The children don't even talk because they're afraid of making a mistake. They let the parents do everything for them, and that is not the right way. So it's good we're talking about it. And what would you like readers, uh, uh, briefly tell us, what would you like readers of the dysfunctional dance of the empath and narcissist to take away with them after reading your book? That happiness is possible. You know, if you're a, a person who has found yourself in multiple not healthy relationships that it's not really just about attracting someone new but it really is about working on yourself understanding yourself understanding your life journey so that you can make other choices better choices healthier choices in the relationships that you create down the road yeah it's about having hope and faith and trust that the universe will bring you something better mm-hmm. if you allow it to happen and you don't step on your own feet so much. Many people do that too, you know. They they send out well, an and intention think- and then and then they then they destroy it before it can even happen. Self you know, they're their own worst enemy, so to put it. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and I think also with children, especially ones that have come from dysfunctional families it is also about learning to love yourself. Yes. Love yourself, honor yourself, and respect yourself because many times what you learn is how to take care of everybody else. Yes. And the goal is to learn how to take care of yourself because once you start doing that, everything on the outside will start to change. You know, we talk law of attraction. That's when you start attracting the good guys or the good girls versus the yucky ones yeah that is the truth we must learn to work on ourselves and find self-love doesn't matter what the outside world thinks it's what we think and what we can create with feeling good and i want to thank you dr rita louise author of the dysfunctional dance of the empath and narcissist and for sharing an interesting journey of connections to life here and beyond helping us know that we carry within us 
the remembrances of many times and places and relationships, and this life is a new effort to refine soul energy and improve our relationships with any and all the people we become involved with. We learn nothing is ever lost, but simply perceived with new wisdom. Please go to soulhealer.com to purchase this book and find out more about other books by Dr. Rita Louise. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have explored the origins of our emotions and outlooks on life from our earliest childhood days and the parenting style we grew up under and how it affected future relationships. We have perhaps learned and I hope we have, that now as mature citizens of an ever-evolving and changing world, we can allow, accept, and surrender to events without so much judgment, fear, negativity, or even hostility, and find the silver lining in our lives, moving past those earlier limitations and restrictions, and become aware of our own personal needs and desires to find our way beyond the societal process of these earlier uh, challenges that we had. Dr. Louise has done a great job in describing all the influences that make up our emotional and physical realities and ways to master a more healthy adult life. She writes, Your emotional scores are more than likely affecting you today. Having a better understanding of what happened to you in your formative years offers you the opportunity to take a step back and make changes. You might not have had a choice when you were a child, but now you do. When we choose to look at ourselves, our history, our life patterns, and decide to make changes to the core of our being, we can begin the process of breaking free of chronic cycles of dysfunction. Rita and I would have you remember that nothing in our life is random. There is a reason you are born into a certain family and experience the patterns we have talked about today. And no matter how daunting experiences may seem, with the unfolding of your inner soul wisdom, you can find ways to improve anything and everything. Resilience, trust, and love are the keys to your success and to living with resolve. I am Cheryl Glick, author of A New Life Awaits, which shares the spirit of divinity that lives within and yearns to know itself as love and infinite possibilities beyond the challenges of a normal physical life. Visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to leaders in the fields of science, spirituality, psychology, energy, medicine, and metaphysical views who explore our dual nature as both energetic and physical life forms. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for listening.